Well, hello, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Caitlin here with you guys. And Jessica, hey, everyone. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, we're excited to talk about this in this bonus episode where we will be covering, you know, the positive effects of finding the perfect mentor, but also like what you can do if you don't have the perfect mentor in your life. Yeah, which we didn't, right? (laughs) And when we started teaching, like we were talking about this earlier that Um, I know I went into the classroom, I was 22 years old, straight out of college. And it was just like, okay, good luck. Here's, you know, the books you need for this year. But that was it. There was no one checking up on me. There was no one I could talk to unless I advocated for myself and found someone to learn from. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. So I'm excited to to dive into this episode, but before we do, um, I do want to invite everyone to an awesome free event that we put together. Um, but before I tell you exactly what that is, I want to tell you why we decided to do this particular event. Um, so we surveyed a lot of our teachers, our audience, um, Mm -hmm. and we asked, you know, what are some of your pains? What are some of your struggles right now? And we saw kind of the same four or five things pop up time and time again. You know, one of them that you might be feeling is that your admin isn't supportive, right. Of you, or you feel like you're are overburdened as an ELA teacher, right. I remember feeling that way, like, oh my gosh, vocabulary, reading, writing, all of the things you know, math seems so much easier, right? Even even if that's not necessarily true, it seemed that way right at the time. Um, another pain that we saw or struggle, we saw come up time and time again, when we surveyed you guys was, you know, there's no work-life balance, like, especially this year, man, it's just brutal. So much of our time is dedicated to being in the classroom. You know, we maybe feel like you don't get enough guidance. How am I even supposed to teach writing? How do you even teach a kid how to read? Like, you know, how do you even do that? And that's exactly kind of what Jessica was talking about, about not having that mentor teacher. Um, or maybe you're in a position where you don't have a curriculum at all, which is something that I've experienced too, or you have a a bad curriculum, right. That you're just like, Mm -hmm. I don't really want to be using this. Um, and another one kind of the last pain point that we saw come up time and time again was, you know, I just spend way too much time grading. And so what we wanted to do is we wanted to put an event and experience together for you to help move you away from these pain points, move you out of this feeling of I'm stressed out. I have no work life balance. You know, even if my admin isn't supportive, how can I feel supported regardless of not having a supportive admin? And so what we want to do for you guys through this event is we want to help you gain more free time. We want to help you spend less time planning. And that's a beautiful thing when you get to that experience in your life. Um, And we also want to help you have more engaged students. I know this year, you know, with Zoom, what are they called? Zoom bees? I think some of yes. our teachers considered their students, which I get. I was in a meetings all day on Zoom one day for like seven hours. And afterwards, my brain was just like mush, like non-function. Uh-huh. I couldn't function. It was awful. Um, you also might be looking to, you know, create better readers and writers in your classroom. I know as ELA teachers, that was something that I always really wanted. You know, how do I get my students to that next level? And at the same time, you want practical and actionable advice. So if you can kind of identify with or relate to any of those kind of positive outcomes, that's what we're doing for you in this one hour live event. But in addition, we have a pop-up Facebook group, which if you've been a part of them in the past, you know, we love them. Jess, you want to talk a little bit about sure. Facebook group? They are so much fun. So think of the pop-up Facebook group as a community of like-minded teachers who want those same things that Caitlin was just talking about, right? More free time, more engaged students, less planning. And what we're going to do in that pop-up group is 
give you mini trainings and awesome engaging lessons that you can use with your students in the fall. And so it's so fun to attend those quick video trainings that we do connect with other teachers. We do awesome giveaways. So there's prizes to be run one. It's just a really fun, supportive environment and kind of gets you pumped up for the next school year. So we love these pop-up Facebook groups. Yeah. So that Facebook group is opening June 19th. It's a Saturday, mark your calendars and the one hour live event. We have a couple different dates to choose from, and that's where we're really going to be focusing on that transformation that we want to see for you. And we will be covering, this is the title of our event is three key strategies that you need for engaging lessons in less than one hour a week. And I know some of you might be hearing that, come on, one hour a week, but I'm telling you that's not just hot air. It's actually true. Jess, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Like, why is that true? How is that even possible? Yeah. So we are going to be teaching you systems and processes that we've used that our EB teachers around the world have used to truly save them time during the week. It really comes down to having one hour a week to kind of tweak your lessons, to get ready for the week ahead. So you can be confident, prepared, excited to teach each day. And it all has to do with the strategies we're showing you in that live event to get you prepared for the school year. So you really can have a different school year. Yeah. And so we invite you guys to sign up. It's free. It's hundred percent free event. Go to ebacademics.com forward slash event. Very creative <laughs> URL <laughs> to go to, but I like simple. It. You won't forget. So ebacademics.com forward slash event. There are a bunch of different dates for you to choose from. Um, and then we'd love for you to come join us in the pop-up Facebook group as well. So that all starts June 19th, the Facebook group opens. And then again, there are a couple dates to choose from for the actual one hour live event. And it is all free. Okay. So let's dive into this topic of finding a perfect mentor. What are the positive effects of that? Um, why is it something that is so important, right? For us in our lives. And so you talked a little bit about how you just didn't have a mentor at right. all. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. And even when I reflect back, I moved you know, around to maybe three or four different schools I taught at and at every single one, I never had a mentor. There was just, wasn't the capacity for that. And I would have loved to have someone to bounce ideas off of. And I think truly it was when you and I were working together because we were so close to our classrooms and we could talk to each other all the time. That's when it was like, okay, here's someone I can get ideas from, share what's working in my classroom, figure out what my students need to be able to do by the time they reach your grade level. Like all of those things, that's what I had craved before, but I didn't have it. And mm -hmm. what a difference it made when I had you next door to me and we could talk and learn right. from each other. I know it's so true. I had the same experience as you, you know, I got the, the keys in the books to teach junior high school English, um, like five days before school started. They're like, Good luck. here, here, here's what you're teaching. I was like, I'm sorry, what? I was 22 also, but mm -hmm. I didn't even have any student teaching experience. I, you know, I didn't realize that when you told me that the other day, I had no idea. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. you did it. <laughs> I don't know either. It was, I mean, it's hilarious. I think back to like how nervous I was on that first day. But anyways, I think that this concept of having a, a perfect mentor is really important because, you know, I like to use a good analogy and I've actually talked about this on another podcast episode, um, on educators to educators with our friend, Carrie Conover, where we talked about, you know, how professional athletes, right. Think about them in sports and look, you know, Tiger Woods before he got injured recently, um, LeBron James, you know, so the, some of the greatest athletes of our time, they all had coaches, right. right? Just because they're the greatest, again, arguable, depending on whose team <laughs> you're all for, but just because they're the greatest doesn't mean that they don't have anything left to learn. 
And I think sometimes, and this happened to me, like I kind of fell into that trap. I was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm good. Like I know how to teach writing. I don't need to maybe necessarily do anything else. And that mm-hmm. is not really the best attitude to have, because when we look at these athletes, we should kind of equate ourselves to that. Even if we're crushing it, we're just rocking it in the classroom. That doesn't mean that we are too good or good enough to get other ideas or learn from somebody else or still have that perfect mentor in our lives because we can always, always learn something new, right? We should always be students. So even if we're like, yeah, I'm a 10 out of 10 on teaching writing, I, you know, urge you to say like, maybe I'm a nine out of 10. What else could I do to improve? So anyways, side note, but I think that that's a powerful analogy, you know, for sure. So what can teachers do, right? If you aren't provided a mentor at your school, or maybe you were provided one, but it's not the best fit. Like you're just not, I don't know, vibing with that person. We have some suggestions of things you can do. I mentioned one earlier. It's find a teacher. Like I had Caitlin right next door that I could talk to, but seek out teachers in your school or in other schools nearby that you admire or that you found online, whatever it is, and go observe them. I loved doing that when I was in the classroom. My first few years, I, one of my roommates was another teacher at a different school and she would always come home and talk to me about how she was teaching math. And it was different how I did it with my fifth graders. And I said, oh, I want to go observe you. And my principal was all for it. He actually thought that's really cool. Go see what they're doing over at that school. And I spent the day with her and I just observed and I came away with so many ideas and it was so refreshing. So consider doing that. Where could you go and kind of create your own mentorship program? Yeah, I did the same exact thing actually at our high school. So I taught eighth grade, you know, in my most recent years in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to see what our local high school's expectations were of their freshmen and sophomores in terms of English, their writing, reading, vocabulary, so that I could put things in place in my eighth grade classroom to ensure that they were going to feel comfortable and confident and prepared going into high school. And I spent the entire day there. It was my idea. I brought it to my principal. I, you know, talked about the benefits of this and she was all for it. And so if you just maybe haven't had that presented to you, I think sometimes if we're our own best advocate and we go out there and advocate for ourselves and for our students, I bet you'd be surprised. I bet you a lot of your admin will say, yeah, go for it. Report back. Mm -hmm. Let us know what's going on in those other schools. I think that's a really powerful tool to use. Another great idea. And I don't think you were at the school, Caitlin, when we did this at our mutual school, but this was really cool. Instead of our principal coming to do a formal observation for us, um, he switched it up and he made all of us go observe each other. And it was so cool, right? I had to go into kindergarten for 10 minutes. I had to go into eighth grade social studies because we were a K through eight school. And we just got to kind of pick our time, go in informally, see what they were up to. And then we were supposed to just share what did we think was a win that that teacher was doing so we could start talking. And it was eye-opening, right? Um, I remember when someone came to observe me, just one of the teachers, I think it was the third grade teacher. I happened to be having my class in our auditorium doing a lesson. And she was like, oh, mind blown. Like I never even thought to go down there for group work. We can spread out more. Such a simple idea, right? But you walk away with, hmm, maybe I could take that and use it in my own classroom. So that's something you could also try with your admin. See if, you know, you can set up a kind of formal observations where you all go observe each other or pick five or whatever it is. It's wonderful, Mm eye-opening experience. 
Yeah. Um, other thing that you can do for finding a perfect mentor is it doesn't necessarily have to be someone at your school or someone in your, the school setting. Like it could be listening to podcast episodes. It could be, you know, following people on Instagram. I will kind of urge you against overloading yourself with too much information from too many different places. Um, but if you find someone who has like the same teaching beliefs, the, you know, same approach to being in the classroom that you do, you know, what else can you learn from them? What else can you take from them? Um, I think that it's so important to just always have, you know, I, we use the term mentor, but I see it really as a coach, mm-hmm. you know, and in every capacity, this is someone who's really going to help you be the best teacher that you can be, you know? And I just think that that's so important. So what are some of the positive effects of finding the perfect mentor, right? We talked about, okay, well, what can you do to find one? What are some little strategies, but what are some positive effects of that? Well, for me, it's inspiration, right? I yeah. just have that renewed sense of excitement in my own classroom. Cause I'm like, I've got to try that idea or I'm going to put my own unique twist on it. So I love having that because I think you and I have said this, I mean, we have our own coaches for business that we attend weekly sessions where we're always learning. And we look at it as if we can take away like one little nugget of an idea, then that entire day of meetings or wherever we were at is so worth it for us. Mm-hmm. And so if we look at that with finding a mentor in education, if you can walk away with one little idea, gosh, it's going to spark so much in your own classroom. So inspiration for me is such a positive ripple effect. Yeah. For me, I think it would be just being able to have a different viewpoint. You know, sometimes we get so stuck Mm -hmm. in like, this is the way I'm going to do it. Or I can't like figure out a solution to this problem. And I'm just thinking about, you know, silly things. Like I have all of this work to grade. Well, what if you had a mentor who told you, Hey, you don't have to grade all of it. Right. You know? And it, I think it just gives us that just different viewpoint that I think is so imp- important and pertinent for us to have as educators, to have that mentor who's outside of ourselves. I don't know about you guys, but I am always in my brain. I'm always thinking about things and overthinking things. And if I just had someone come in and say, Hey, maybe you should just try this, you mm-hmm. know? And I'll be like, Oh, that was so simple. It was right in front of me, but I couldn't see it. Right. I like what you're saying there. And it's even, you can take it a step farther. It's like, sometimes you don't even realize you need help in a certain area. And then once you speak with someone or observe them, you can, your eye is open to it. You know, like it might Mm -hmm. not even be a problem like grading, like you said, but it's a whole different issue and you just weren't even aware of it. And then they make your life so much easier because they taught you something. (laughs) Right. Right. And I, you know, this goes kind of a little bit off topic, but ties into this is that being open to, constructive criticism, you know, and, and feedback on, on your teaching, you know, Mm -hmm. it's possible, like Jess is saying that we might be doing something in our classrooms that, you know, there's a better way. And if we are resistant to that, you know, we're never going to improve. We're never going to change. We're never going to get better. Going back to that professional athlete, if, you know, tiger's coach is like, Hey tiger, I think you should open up your club face a little bit more. Tiger's going to at least try it. Right. And see if it improves his shot a little bit more. Um, so I think that, that, that ties into, and comes over into education as well. Just that openness, that willingness to listen, to hear others' perspectives and to not be so, um, you know, I think sometimes, and it's, it's not ego in the sense of like, we're egotistical, but like our, who, like ourselves, you know, our mm-hmm. ego of, of who we are sometimes gets in the way and, and we protect ourselves, you know, and, sure. and we get it's kind of, yeah, a hundred percent. And it's taken me a long time to, and I still struggle with it, but to be open to feedback sometimes, cause I don't like being wrong, you know? Yes. And I, I think a lot of us can relate to that. But we learn so much more and we grow so much more when we let go of that fear of being wrong. 
So total side note, but I think it's a powerful one. That's important. No, I think that's a really good point you brought up. I'm glad you said it. Yeah. All right. So let's tie things up. I want to invite you guys to join us again for our one hour live event in conjunction with our pop-up Facebook group, where we are going to cover the three key strategies that you need for engaging lessons in less than one hour a week. Again, that is not made up. That is the truth. That is the reality of our teaching lives. And so many of our EB teachers who've put into practice all of the things that we're going to teach you in that one hour live event. And then in addition in our pop-up Facebook group. So again, we want to give you more free time, less time spent planning. We want you to have more engaged students, better readers and writers, and we want to give you practical and actionable advice that you can actually use in your classroom. So go to ebacademics.com forward slash event to sign up again. That's ebacademics.com forward slash event. It is 100% free June 19th. It all starts. Cannot wait to see you guys there. Have a wonderful week. Thanks for joining us for this bonus episode starting next week. Jessica, what do we have coming? That three, we have a three part series that we're really excited about. So make sure you tune in next week. We'll be really diving in deeper and all this stuff we kind of touched on today with these systems and processes and freeing up your time. Yes. Love it. All right. You guys have a wonderful rest of your day and we will see you next week on the podcast. Bye guys.